Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. The purpose of our show is to have fun talking about small business. And we've been doing that now for months. And now we switch to a new time from noon to 7.30 p.m. on Wednesdays. And we just keep talking about small business and doing stuff. We we just can't help ourselves. We wake up in the middle of the night and we absolutely love small business. So we're here tonight to talk about the dirty secrets of small business. And while we ramble over the next hour or so, a lot of dirty secrets come out. They just kind of drop out of the air. I'm here with my longtime partner in in, uh, doing business coaching, Adam Sunhalter. We have a coaching company that deals with small businesses from 1 to 25 employees. And tonight, we have a very, very special guest, one of our (laughs) best all-time clients ever. And Adam's going to introduce her. In fact, Adam, why don't you do that right now? I will. I will. We want to give a very warm, dirty secrets of small business welcome to uh, to Lisa Holly. She is the the president and CEO of Berea Moving Storage and Logistics, and you can check them out. BereaMoving.com is the website. Is that correct, Lisa? That is correct, Adam. That's awesome. So uh, Lisa is a client of ours for uh, for a number of years, for about four years, from 2008 to 2012. I've asked her to join us tonight to kind of share some of her story. And so um, she has a very, very interesting story. It'll probably make you laugh, maybe make you cry, make you have some fun, and probably learn some things along the way. We want to be able to kind of let her share her story here a little bit. And as you know, part of our our, our week-to-week shows here, we share a lot of different stories of clients. Uh, We keep their names uh, sacred, you know, because we want to, you know, but we we don't want to... uh, uh, what is it, accuse the, the the innocent or the guilty, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever that might be. But we like to have uh, our clients share their stories as well. Keep them so, all anonymous unless they decide to right. spring out and, and uh, be found out. Well, it's more fun to kind of put them out there, and a lot of our clients will say, hey, I heard the show last week. You were talking about me with this segment, were you? And we said, no. I said, it does sound like you, but actually it was somebody different. So it's fun to keep them guessing that way, too. So. Today, these stories are going to be Lisa's stories because Lisa's here and she'll share some of these stories with us. So Lisa's got a lot of stories. Lisa yeah. has more stories, good <laughs> stories, you know, that, than anyone I know. She is Ms. Story in Northeast Ohio, that's for sure. So why don't we start out, if you could give us just a brief background on Bria moving and the whole story in terms of, you know, the fact that it was founded by her parents, all that kind of stuff. You, you, you tell the story well. I know you've told it a lot of times, but it would be great for audience to kind of hear how this all kind of started out. Uh, at the kitchen table. Thank you very much, Adam. Yes, it is from the kitchen table to dinosaurs. Our company is 56 years old on October 1st. It was started by my parents in their home in Berea, Ohio. As a child, I helped around the business. I filed, I swept floors, I emptied trash cans. And when I was 18, I started to work for the company um, as a full-time employee and as a residential estimator. And as I continued on, um, more and more residential estimating, more and more commercial estimating, up until about 2006. And in 2006, my world completely changed. My mother died in a car accident on vacation in Florida. So literally overnight, instead of being an employee who did residential estimating, I became the owner of a business that was all about moving household goods and um, mostly furniture. In 2006, my brother and I got together and talked to our employees, and we said, what should we do? Should we stay in business? Should we quit? Should we help you all find new jobs? And I will never forget ever, the moment was a week before Christmas in 2006, and every single person that works for us, when I made that offer to them, unanimously stood up and said the word fight. They literally started chanting the word fight. The tears were rolling down my face. And I vowed at that point in time that I was going to continue my business, I was going to make it grow, and I was going to do something amazing. In 2008, I met Adam and Jack because another business coach said, oh my God, I do not want this woman. 
So <laughs> you scared him so away. So I scared right. him away. I remember that. Remember uh, yes, that yes. And um, so I, I met them, and they had to ask me many questions. Are you coachable? And so, of course, I must have passed the mustard. <laughs> and I um, started working with Adam and Jack. And today we have doubled our business. We have doubled our employees. We have doubled our warehouse space. I am now in another business called Wood Lee International Art Handler. I am the premier mover for every museum in the state of Ohio, private collectors. We're moving medical devices. We're moving restaurant equipment. We're hanging art in the new downtown Hilton. Everything that I ever dreamed of has come true and i really uh, to me associate a lot of that with working with adam and jack because they taught me things you even move dinosaurs we do move dinosaurs (laughs) we absolutely do pretty big ones too yeah yes for the natural history museum Mm -hmm. well yeah yeah, so there's been tremendous success stories and you've been the owner now for a little bit over a decade and it's been a a, a baptism by fire so to speak and I, i think many of the folks in our listening audience can remember the excitement, the, the, the angst, all things that come with maybe starting a company for the first time or maybe taking over a company. And so you had that happening along with the whole grief part of, of dealing with, with the passing of your mother, which, you know, which you, you often told us, you said the whole 2007 thing. Yeah, that, that year didn't really happen, you know. I mean, it just kind of, it, it went by like that and just, you know, you, you, were, you were somehow kind of going along and were, and were kind of numb. So, but you had the support of your team, which is, which is a fantastic testament to what uh, not only your parents but you know, obviously you and your brother had, had built over the time that they said that's kind of this is worth fighting for and uh and you, you wanted to make it happen and not quite sure what you were saying that, that's that's kind of make it happen you know and and, and and that the energy and the enthusiasm and after the fog kind of lifted coming in 2008 that's when you started to look for some help realizing hey i can't do it on my own you know your, the, your background is more in the sales piece like you said from an estimating standpoint uh, your brother is more on the production side. He knows a lot about art handling, a lot about the moving part of it. But the business side is not something that necessarily uh, Ardella was was teaching you guys about. She was kind of keeping all that stuff kind of close to the vest. And so, um, talk a little, little bit about maybe what you discovered when all of a sudden the, you know the the books got opened to you, and you started looking around and realizing that there's some 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 difficult tasks ahead of us here if we're going to make this thing work for us. Thank you, Adam. I am going to say, oh yeah. <laughs> What I knew was estimating. That's all I knew. I I was an employee, not an employer. And that is, you know, a very, very scary. I did not go to college. I had not had a succession plan. My mother had no succession plan. There was like all kinds of red flags. We were $250,000 in the hole. The company hadn't made a profit in years and years and years. And again, a recession was rolling, you know, through Cleveland. And I knew that it takes a team of people to make things happen. And that was one of the reasons why I was seeking out a business coach, because I did not know how to read a profit and loss statement. I did not know how to read a balance sheet. I did not know what a business plan was. I did not know what a market plan was. I'd never seen an org chart in my entire life. I had no idea how to be a good leader. And I think the biggest thing is I had no idea how to present myself to a bank. Maybe I needed some money. Or how to present myself to an employee. Or how to present myself to a client in the right ways. So what I knew is that I needed business coaches. I needed a good CPA. I needed a good insurance agent. I needed people to help me run the business and help me grow the business and to protect me. I think that's a big key thing for me is protecting me from the bad people. <laughs> well, a, good now, way to, a good way to put it. You probably, probably noticed, Jack, and I'm sure our, our, our listeners notice this as well, the, the the one word Lisa said here in the last couple of minutes, she said it probably six or eight times I was counting. Remember what that word was? One of our favorite words? 
planning? No, no, no. The how word, Jack. The oh, how my word. God, yes. Nonstop how. We talk about the All idea right. about how Wired we get people. We are. You didn't have me wired up. That's that okay. One. How we get all people right. unstuck from the state of how we talk about that all the time, right? All and the so, time. The people who listen to us regularly know that. Our clients know that. So this is this is Lisa unplugged, Lisa unprompted. She's just talking. And that's how most of our clients talk. They, they, they have an idea. How do I do all these things? There's lots of those how questions that, that come up. So so here we are taking over in, in, in late 2006. The fog lifts, you know, after 2007, and you're in 2008 going, okay, how do I make this happen? So I've committed everybody. The emotion was there to kind of make these things happen. How do I deal with the fact that we're in the middle of a recession, the great recession that started to take place in 2008, the fact that we haven't been profitable? I'm not sure what that means, but it doesn't sound like it's a good thing. The fact that we're in debt to everybody from Uncle Sam to um, our, our, our landlord to our CPA. And, oh, by the way, it must have been four or five months into when we started working with you where they, the, your landlord said, hey, oh, by the way, we're going to take over the space you have and you guys got to move. And moving isn't a big deal for a moving and storage company, right, Lisa? Because you guys are professionals that. That's pretty easy, yeah, you can it? do that over a long weekend, right? No, <laughs> no, and then no again. It was a horrific, horrific situation. Number one, we had to move 22,000 square feet of stuff. <laughs> and we had no place to go, and it was really something. But and 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 and, and a cost of a hundred thousand dollars to move one point five miles down the road. So it seemed like every which way that I turned, something was in my way. So no, it's not easy to move a moving company. <laughs> Well, we had just started to, to, to make some good progress with, with Lisa at that point in terms of kind of getting her you know, moving in the right direction. That's often what happens. All of a sudden, we start to kind of pick ourselves up, start moving in the right direction, and all of a sudden, this wave hits you, something totally out of your control, something that was totally unexpected like, like that happening. But it wasn't going to topple you. It wasn't going to push you over. And one of the things Not we, at all. You made that commitment to the troops in a very emotional outpouring, and you weren't about to give up, and you never did. That's for sure. And one of the one of the things I think we focused on very early with with Lisa, you know, and, and Jack, you had quite a bit of experience with this. Um, it's really more than I did at, at that point. This is the early stages of MVP. Was uh, one of the favorite things Lisa likes to do now, which is negotiate. Oh my goodness, let's talk about that a little bit. So, I think anyone who knows you would consider you a pretty shrewd negotiator. Um, you've come a long way. We've seen a lot of growth happen. And the whole idea of being a good negotiator, you've, you've embraced. Why don't you, were, were you always that way? That's a leading question, of course. <laughs> it's a leading question. Yes, it's a leading question. I would say absolutely not. I did not negotiate buying a new car. I did not negotiate at a garage sale. I never negotiated at all. And now... I know how to put people in the right chair. I know how to catch them off guard. I negotiate absolutely everything. And I've done, like you had mentioned, Jack, I, I feel that I've done really, really well at that uh, subject matter. And it's something that you taught me. And I am very grateful because I negotiate my lease every year. <laughs> now I, I negotiate with clients, uh, everybody except my poor husband well i negotiate with him too <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you do that's got to be right up there with the best of them but uh that's you know negotiation is what it's all about and you're a natural for that and you've done very well for yourself with being the negotiator that you are and you, thank you and you ask the question that many of our clients often ask when we bring this stuff up they say you mean i can do that I mean, it's, it's like the question, like, you mean I'm allowed to do that? I mean, it's almost like they're, they're embarrassed. Like, like nobody told them it's okay to, to go do this. And, and the first place, place we did that is we started looking at what was owed. We started to talk about that a little bit. And so we're, we're coming up to our first break here. When we come back, we'll talk about that a little bit more as well as there's some other dark days that, that kind of happen as well. But stay tuned with more with uh, Lisa Holly with Berea Moving Storage and Logistics Company. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And as you longtime listeners know, we help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. Stay we tuned. Well, we love it. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com.
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We have a coaching company, as most of you know. It's called Maximum Value Partners. And we deal with small business owners, and we define that as 1 to 25 employees in the industry. doesn't make any difference if you're profitable, you're losing your shirt. Uh, we can help you out. We've helped out hundreds. There's probably very few problems we haven't encountered, especially in the small business world. But we're here today with a very special guest, and we're going to continue on with uh, Lisa Holly's story here. That's right. Lisa Holly's with Berea Moving and Storage Company. We we're honored to have her as a guest. She's a former client of MVP for about four years, and uh, we've remained friends and, and close close colleagues over the years since we've uh, parted ways from our ongoing engagement from a coaching standpoint. And we were Touching base before Lisa shared some of her story about how how her and her brother came to own uh, their family business that that they'd both grown up in, and uh, what she realized after the the, the dust kind of settled was there was quite a bit of debt. And so, front of you have been in been in some debts before, whether it's of your own doing or ones you found you know, yourself into. Maybe maybe you came into a family company as well. It can be very daunting uh, of all the people that are kind of nipping at you and, and and kind of where do you start? And so, one of the first things we talked to her about was the fact that hey, let's get a list of these things kind of laid out. Let's see who, who, who's owed money to. And we start to figure out how we're going to pay these people back. We start with a little bit of negotiation. And we start talking about how you can go about doing that and kind of picking them off one at a time. And if folks aren't willing to work with you, they go right to the bottom of the line instead of the front of the line. They're, they're all the way in the back of the line. And, uh, but you know, having everybody from the IRS to your banks to your CPAs, your landlord, and everybody else that, that, that was owed money, they were all very patient after the, the, the tragic passing of your mother. But after... A few months or a year, they're kind of saying, "Okay, well, we've been we've been patient now. At least it's time to kind of pay the piper." And it can be very, again, very threatening, very daunting to kind of have to come out of that hole you know, where people are doing it. So that negotiation thing, once once you heard about that, you really took to it like a fish to water. I mean, you you really started to kind of get into your own and really started to grow and blossom. And if I recall, the 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 the, the two fifty of debt, I think you were able to settle out or pay it off as for probably about half of that in terms of what you were able to, to to negotiate out. And within about twelve months, you had that all paid off and taken care of. And and it was it was fun to kind of see not only your growth but the confidence you were able to kind of take on in terms of what that did for you to get out from under that debt that had been there and kind of hanging over for a while. It's just amazing the the the, the, the see you kind of come out and blossom out of that. It was very fun to. To be, to be part it of was. that. That was a big satisfaction for us. That was that probably marked the biggest growth step that you've had, you know, early on especially. Because yeah. it's such a big, impactful process. And for you not to know and then excel at it quickly, it's the best of all worlds. So, good job, Lisa. We told you that a number of times, and I'll tell you again. Good job. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> So as we mentioned that you know even when you start to kind of get on top of things like like you know you're making great progress with this you get hit with certain things like oh you have to move the company oh by the way or um we had one that was kind of a dark moment if you're if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit it was coming up on your 50th birthday and we can picture the scene where we were meeting over at Corporate College West back in the days and That's the, right. the cozy spaces a... over there and it's a beautiful beautiful uh uh April afternoon and and Lisa came in and had some 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 tough news to kind of share or concerns. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that situation, Lisa? Well, as Adam has just said, you know, first we went through the negotiations, then the highs came because sales were growing. Then, of course, something else went down, and then that went up, and then it went down. But on this particular afternoon, I had just come from a doctor visit, and the doctor told me that it was very probable that I had cancer. And so, of course, here I go again. I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with the company? How am I going to keep it surviving? I mean, a thousand things were going through my head, and one of them being just shut down the company. Again, here I thought, oh, that's the best idea. But as I was explaining this to Adam and Jack, Jack looked straight at me. He said, oh, no, you're not. You're not going to give up and you're not going to quit. And the business is the most important thing in your life. You need to get it in order. you got to quit talking that way. And what's your next question? <laughs> I remember that well. You remember it better. That's good. I think you were looking for some, some consolation and maybe a shoulder to cry on and a few hugs. And instead you got something almost completely opposite of that. It's a smack upside the head and said, you know, 
snap out of it kind of thing, right? That's what it sounds like. It was. It definitely was. There, I, that if, if anyone here on the radio could envision the look of someone's face, that it just said, look, straighten up, stand up, get right, move on. What's your next question? And I left that place either laughing or crying. I wasn't sure which one to do because I realized <laughs> that Jack wasn't going to take any crap, if you will, and I had better get myself together. So I did. And a good job you've done. I'm complimenting you because you've done so well. You really have. But sometimes that's needed. You know that. Yes, we, I do. We've I done do that now. from time to time. You've probably done it from time to time. You know, sympathy is, is uh, you know, a wonderful thing, and it's appropriate sometimes, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes people have to be jarred out of complacency. And you had a big vow to, to make to your employees and a, a, a pretty big... Uh, a challenge that you laid out for yourself. So, yeah, that, I remember that day very now, well. Now, I know most <laughs> most of the folks that, that know Jack well probably find it hard to believe that Jack would take that kind of approach. But uh, that's right. Usually hugging and right. and, and loving, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that that, that that we focus on, and that's you know, having the outside objective part of it. We always try to focus on what's best for the organization. And it's not unusual that many of our clients will come and, and the only place that they have a chance to kind of unload these kind of things are, are with us because the last thing they want to do is kind of go to the employees and talk about something like that. And so we'll, we'll, they'll come and talk to us about things. So at the end of the day, it's okay, what are we going to do to be able to kind of move forward? And I guess one of the, you know, an analogy might be uh, for those of you who own a company, you've got an employee coming in and they've got some, some bad things happening. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they have a, a, a a health scare. Maybe they have some. You know, maybe they have a death or an, or an illness of some type of kind. So something may have changed. They, they may come into your office and they're going to pour out their their heart and their soul to you. And okay, once in a while it's okay, but at the end of the day, what are you supposed to do about that, right? And so you know, often you want to you listen. Say, okay, now you've, you've had a chance to kind of say it. Now, now what's next? And most people may may not want to do that. They may, they may feel they come off as a bit cold or or maybe uncaring or unfeeling or mean or whatever the words people might use in today's today's day and age. But sometimes that's what that person kind of needs to say, hey, let's focus on something maybe outside of yourself a little bit and to get re-energized and recharged about it. And just so everybody knows, you know, you know, it came back that, that the tests were negative. It, it was just a scare, you know, fortunately. Um, but it was, uh, and I could see, because I was kind of observing some of this, and that's part of the beauty of, of having two of us, you know, as far, as far as how we do our coaching, we can often observe what's kind of going on, and I, I remember watching that, and, I, and and the body language of Lisa, where it was kind of, you went from a, from a, from slump shoulders, to all of a sudden you you sat up to attention, and your shoulders are back, and you're, you're like, okay, you're, you're armed for battle kind of thing. So okay, you know, let's make this happen, you know. And so it was great to kind of see that, and that's kind of what you needed. And uh, so we kind of go back and forth that way. And so Jack will often play that. I mean, call it the bad cop, but the the, the 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 you know that's more natural for his style anyway, right? That that, that, that deep older, comes out right older away. and wiser it is. It's natural. So peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> that's right. Peanut butter and jelly. You're the one who coined that one. That's right. So <laughs> we'll let the audience try to guess who's the pe- and it was crunchy peanut butter, I believe. Correct? Right? That is yes. correct. <laughs> so the crunchy peanut butter versus the sweet the sweet jelly. So you guys can figure out and, and make yeah, your own you guess think? who that might yeah, be. That- <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll give you some hints later in the show. You got to stay tuned to that. So, um, so there, again, there's dark moments there. There's also a lot of fun when it comes to family business. And you talked about it a little bit. We'll get into this here in our next segment. But you, know, you mentioned you know you're, you and your brother were both very young. You know, you know uh, when the company started at the dining room table or the kitchen table, excuse me. And so you literally grew up with this thing. And you and so. Not only did you and your brother grow up with this, but there have been quite a few folks who've been part of this. You know, almost since day one, or have been part of it for twenty or thirty years, and as I know, uh, you often speak about at least, and I know a lot of our clients do, and, and folks listening, you can relate to the fact that folks have been have been employees or part of the team for a long time, really do become like family, and so that you know that can have some some Norman Rockwell you know feelings to it of you, know, you feel nice and warm and fuzzy. Um, it can also have some very uh, uh, was it Hatfield McCoy's kind of going back and forth and stuff? Yeah, just just some kind of combination some, of both. Yeah, yeah you know, where you got some a day it could happen. Yeah, so some <laughs> battles kind of going on, and uh, so a couple of things that we'll talk about after we come back here from the break is, you know, what's it like to be working with your brother for one, but also what happened this time that we didn't touch on yet. We'll touch on this too, which is um, Lisa's husband had retired about the time she took over the business, and so for those of you who have a spouse who's kind of retired. 
Um, there's some interesting stories in, in there, you know. So we kind of throw more stuff onto the top of this pile. We're trying trying to paint the picture for you in terms of what was going on in that 2006, 2007, 2008 time frame when you took this thing over. In terms of what all the changes were happening in your life that uh, somebody who wasn't as tough and wasn't able to kind of fight through these things maybe not have made it through it. So stay tuned here for more about those stories when we come back. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are with Maximum Value Partners. We help owners of small companies get unstuck. From a state, have you ever been stuck in a state of how, Lisa? Sure. <laughs> we helped you. We threw that. We threw that life raft out there. Actually, a couple of them, and uh, you grabbed hold of them, and here you're unstuck and prospering, and award-winning woman <laughs> business owner. All kind of accolades we can give you. That's right. So. Stay tuned for more dirty secrets of small business on Integrity Radio, WINT thirteen thirty AM, one hundred one five FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're with Maximum Value Partners, or business coaches, as you long-time listeners know. How long of a time have we been uh, courting our listeners out there? About 16 months, Jack. That's a long time to be yapping Going on 17 months, yeah, right. Yeah. Holy cripe. Time goes by fast, just like tonight with Lisa Holly here with Bria Moving and Storage. That's right. So we're here sharing some stories. Lisa's been kind enough to join us in the studio tonight and share some of her, her ups and downs and, and victories and challenges throughout her decade plus now of, uh, of being the owner of uh, Bria Moving and Storage Company. And we're, we're going to break. We're talking about family business, and you know, which a couple of things. One is you know, she, has a, she has a brother who works in the, in the business, and as many of you know, she has, she's also married. So she has a spouse who doesn't work in the business but is a spouse, and the spouse has a lot of influence on, on the owner. And for Lisa, once she was taking over the business, about the same time her spouse was retiring, which is one of those negative words we try to keep away from the dirty secrets of small business. But it is a dirty secret. People talk about retirement and what, how wonderful that might be. That is a and, dirty secret. And, <laughs> and until they firmly wrestle with it and six months into it, they're going bonkers and everyone around them is usually doing the same thing. Right. So, yeah, retirement's not a good word. So, tough, well, no, wait, that's, that's wrongly stated. It's a difficult word. It it it's it requires lots of action that there's no experience for until you get into it. Right. So if you want to touch on that, so whichever one you want to start with, either some of this, maybe some some ups and downs with your brother, or maybe with your husband, whichever one you want to kind of talk about first. I'd be happy to kind of hear some some stories there about things that you found helpful from each of them, maybe, or maybe some challenges you had with each of them. And I'm sure they all know it because you've you've talked with them about it over the years. So the I'm going to start with my husband. My husband, I will say, is a very supportive person. I'm often gone until 8 or 9 o'clock at night, networking events. Um, I'm on a couple of boards. I volunteer with Rotary. So he's, he's really supportive. He cleans house. He does laundry. But what he also does is complain all the time. And what I mean by that is he wants to go places. He wants to travel. He wants to go out on the boat. He wants to, you know, for me to, he, he thinks I'm, I, I work too hard. And to him right now, tonight, no, I don't. But <laughs> I think that for me, life balance and work balance really has been one of the most difficult things. And what I'm doing right now is trying to take off more vacation time so that I get what I want, which is to work on my business, which I totally love, and also have time to go places with him. So we bought a, a new home in Florida, and I'm going to start going every eight weeks to Florida. Rain, shine, snow, doesn't matter. The other thing... Well, yeah, let me just touch on that real quick. So you mentioned before about this whole employee versus employer, and Jack and I often talk about the kind of job mentality versus the owner mentality. And so you, know, you, you and Charles have been married for over 20 years when you, your mom had passed. And, well, no, yeah, right? Okay, so... He had known you as Lisa, the, the the person who was who was kind of the employee or the job person, and and Charles's background, he he was a, he was in law enforcement for for what four decades, and so he he'd always been in you know had, had that kind of job mentality, and so he was you know transitioning himself into a retirement, and you know seeing his wife and thinking, okay, well, doesn't she want to do the same kind of thing? And what he saw instead was almost a doubling down in terms of, you know, instead of being the eight hours of work and eight hours of play, eight hours of sleep kind of thing. 
uh, well, we had maybe 10 or 12 hours of work or maybe a little more and, and maybe only a few hours of, of, of play time and not much sleep or whatever. But well, what's happening is that during the transformation, and you've said this numerous times, you're having a lot of fun doing what you're doing. You know, even as you, as you look back, um, you know, many of the, 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 the troubles or, or the pains or the tough times that, that, that you had or have had, you know, again, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But it's been a lot of fun. And it's hard for him, I think, to, to recognize that. So when he says, hey, I think you're working too much, you're, you're saying, well, again, this is not necessarily work to me. I, I'm really having fun doing what I'm doing, you know. And so it's hard for, for folks. And it's not uncommon. You know, we see it a lot um, uh, where, where the spouse often doesn't quite understand that part of it. And even if they aren't retired, they understand, well, gee, why don't you just you know, turn it off? And we've talked about it numerous times around the show, Jack, in terms of we've been looking for years trying to find that switch, that switch. to, to, to we be look able all to, over. to, 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 to we, turn, we turn it off. Looking. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. It yeah. comes at you 24-7 in ways and doing things that you would never expect things about your business to come into your mind. But they do. But it's fun. I mean, It it's, is fun, Jack. Yeah. And so, so he's been involved in certain aspects of the business, too, Charles has. And he's, you know, he says he's been very supportive. You guys have had good discussions about it. That's really key. That's what, that's what I heard what you're saying. You guys have talked about things, and you each are making compromises. Or, or you're making choices. Hey, you know, a big goal for you. I know you mentioned that even five years ago. I want to spend some more time away. We can get away from stuff. And you know, the, the way things are set up now, you've got a good team in place. Where you, can, you can do that. You can step away for whether it be for a couple days, for a week, for a couple weeks. And with technology these days, you can be tapped back in and be, be, be aware of what's kind of going on. But to be able to, to, be able to get away... Even though you may still work when you're down there, I know you you're looking at setting up something maybe in Florida too, right? So when you're down in Florida, it isn't just always vacationing and going to the beach. That's part of it, but you know your, your mind again. The, the mind's always kind of going, right? That's right. And so I'm sure there are other discussions, and eventually, you know, Charles should just he'll understand that's kind of that's how you are, and uh, you know, let it be, but you know, not let it go too crazy. But again, there's always that kind of give and take. That's always part of a good. You know, any kind of partnership, whether it be whether it be marriage or business, whatever it might be, but a good partnership is having those kind of discussions, and 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 you have to grow together. Over the thirty-three years you've been married, you know, you guys are you know you're very different people than you were when you first met, probably. So you guys have obviously grown together, and you grow a little bit apart and grow back together again. So you you go through different different phases. So it can be can be challenging, but it can also be fun and very very rewarding. So um, that's good. So yes, Charles has done a great job. I'm sure he'll be listening to the show at some point tonight, which is great. So. Hope he doesn't lock the doors on the way back in or he comes after that's Jack right, and I. He's a, he's, a good, he's a good shot, you said, so that's okay. Um, so, yeah, so so working with your brother, again, you, you and your brother grew up around this thing. And so um, one of the things that, 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 that I'll mention, when, when I was taken over, um, the way your parents structured the company was that your mom owned 51%, so it was a female-owned business. And so part of the plan, there was some planning, was the idea that was to have you be 51% as well to keep that status as female-owned. That's about as far as the, the succession planning went, but that, that, you want to make sure you kept that piece of it. So here you are, brother and sister. You both kind of grew up with this business, and now here you own it, but now all of a sudden you're, you're the majority owner. You're now president and CEO, and, and, and you're both job people. But maybe talk a little bit about kind of the, the, the evolution in terms of you, you're now becoming the CEO. You're becoming more of a business person, really kind of more of the owner. And, and Woody's kind of stayed where he is in terms of kind of his approach of, uh, of looking at the world. He hasn't really embraced the whole business owner idea part of it. But talk about some of the challenges of that as you guys have kind of evolved and developed, especially as you've grown. Maybe he hasn't grown along with you in that, in that path. Talking about my little brother. Wow. <laughs> uh, where do you start? Where huh? do you start? That's right. One of, I, I will, I'm a positive person. So where I'm going to start is... The positive aspect of our relationship over the last 10 years has been, for the most part, that my brother and I have defined our roles. And and Adam just explained that, where I do, again, the executive decisions. I uh, work on the profit plan. I work on the market plan. I do the administrative-type things. Hiring and firing employees, Woody has that role. Uh, working on dispatch, Woody has that role. So he takes more of an employee versus an employer role in our company. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been so successful over the last 10 years is because we aren't butting heads, you know, trying to take over as president of the company or any of that kind of thing. And I think that one of the lessons that were taught to us by Adam and Jack is an org chart. I couldn't stress this enough for small business owners. 
treat your small business like a big business and produce an org chart because then everybody, whether it's your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your mom, your dad, you have your role and you know where it fits in. So I would say that, yes, we still fight. Yes, we still disagree. But it's, it's I don't know, I want to say regulated fighting. I, I, I'm not sure because it, it, it isn't bad. I mean, we, we get along. If sometimes we're angry, one of us will leave, the other one will leave. But we come back, we work it out, and we keep on going because we both know the goal is to get to X dollar gross revenue and to lean more heavily on our art handling division than on our residential division. So I think all in all, it's taken 10 years but I think we're finally in a happy place. That's, you know, it's good to, to, to mention that. We, we, we often will talk to people about this whole idea of a magic wand, and if we ever find that magic wand, we're going to certainly share it with everybody. We haven't found it yet. It takes time to be able to make some of these changes, and certainly the, the certain behaviors that, that, that are what they are, and to have to consciously tr- try to adjust and change it. And so one of those things when it comes to, to the roles, and you mentioned you know, we talk all the time with family business, you know, there's a role outside of the company and a role within the company. But yet, you know, Woody's your little brother, as you said, right? Yes. He's been your little brother since you guys were kids. And, and so it's hard, to, it's hard to break those things. And, and, and as you said, you know, to get that organization chart kind of laid out there and realize, okay, somebody has to be the one at the top in charge of stuff that's going on. And he has say as an owner, but if, if, if there's things you can't agree upon, you each kind of say, you know, say your piece, and then you, you kind of move on. But at the end of the day, you have the ultimate authority to be able to do something. And, but you're trying to do what's best for the company. And that's where... People often will get lost if they get lost in, well, hey, what's best for me or what's best for, for that person? No, it's what's best for the overall company. And I'm going to guess a big part of it, if you, if you were to ask Woody or if he gives some, some thought to this, as he looks back at some of the, those tough decisions that you had to make over, over the years, he probably sees, yeah, if you're, you're using that framework of what wasn't necessarily best for Lisa okay, or best for Woody or best for somebody else, it's, hey, what's best for Bria moving in storage? And I think that may be a big part of the reason why you guys have gotten into that role. Where he's, he's, I, would, he's, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, think I would agree. That I like the way you put that. I agree completely. Is it took time, and what's best for the company? And that's what Jack was saying that one day. You know, when we had the cancer scare, what's best for the company? The company is the Almighty. Right. And if you don't live that way, there is no company. That's right. right. So everything crumb- crumbles from that point. You know, I, I heard you mention profit plan and cash flow forecast and talking like a real pro there when we when we first met you um you know you 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 weren't uttering p&l and balance sheet and cash flow statements Uh, i don't know what you were uttering but i know it wasn't those things uh so you've transitioned from when we first met to being a pretty articulate savvy financial person you you talk to bankers you negotiate with bankers you negotiate with a lot of people you present your business plan and you talk the language that is pretty impressive. How how was that transition? How would you phrase it? Or let's put it this way: We got a break coming up. When we come back from the break, why don't you tell us a little bit about that transition from not much in the way of financial acumen and, and awareness to somebody who's pretty polished? So you're doing a little tease there, Jack, on the uh, on the other side, huh? Yeah, on part, the other side. Part, part of what what you've been talking about is, is, is the seven keys to success, which uh, you often refer to as the your Bible, right? It is my Bible, right? So not in a sacrilegious kind of way, but the the seven keys to success, and you have the poster on your door, and so everybody that comes into your office, and every day you see that there, and it's a constant reminder for it. It's good to have those visuals in place to to kind of see stuff, but yeah, that that transformation from not sure, not being sure, which is very common. Well, print off your PL on your balance sheet. Well, which one's which? And hopefully, as I put the one across the table, is this, is this the right one? Is this what you, what you guys are asking for? It happens. It happens all the time. And so to go from that to be very, very confident, looking at it, and not I look at it and knowing what's on there, but be able to be able to forecast it out and talk about it. And we have a couple of those kind of stories too that we'll we'll touch on as we, as we kind of get back. So uh, I'd like to have you kind of do on, on the other side of the break here, share some of the things that you've kind of learned that that are still lessons, uh, you know, that they use today. And so we'll talk about some of that when we come back uh, from break. So stay tuned to hear more from Lisa Holly of Bria, Stor- uh, Bria Moving and Storage Company. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. And I'm Jack Mancini. Hello, Jack. We're uh, Maximum Value Partners Business Coaches. 
And we're here to talk a little more with Lisa Holly when we get back. That's right. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We're with Maximum Value Partners, business coaches. We help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. And we have somebody who used to be stuck, but way, way no longer stuck. In fact, she's pulling other people out of that, that how pit. So that's Lisa Holly, and Adam's going to tell you a little bit about her. That's right. Lisa Holly is the uh, the owner, president, CEO of Bria Moving and Storage Company. Has owned it now for a little bit over ten years. A family business she grew up with with, with her brother, uh, and has tremendously grown in that in that decade plus of, of being the owner and being CEO to really become a true business person, from an estimator to a business person. That could be that could be a good little story we could put you know, pen, pen a book that way. Um, so. We only have our last segment. I want to kind of have you share with the audience some of the lessons that you've kind of learned. You know, we alluded to the seven keys, but are there certain things that you kind of learn that you use every day? We talked you know, about the whole idea of negotiating. But there are certain things that you, know, you use as kind of your bedrock to say, here's how I'm going to approach whatever comes my way. You know, in business, you're never quite sure every day what's going to come at you, good or bad, to help say, okay, here's some of the bedrocks as far as what I focus on day to day. First of all, I think one of the key things that I focus on every single day is my employees. I'm in a service industry, and I have always felt that without good employees, I don't have a company to run. That's number one. Number two, without your financials, you have no idea where you are, where you're going, if something is bad or good. Every single day, I work on a cash flow report. Every single day I do a comparison of last year's profit and loss statement to this year's profit and loss statement. Every day I'm looking for a new marketing idea to find some new clients. Obviously a business is no good if you don't have customers. (laughs) So, And I think the other thing that I do every day is find a way to have fun at work. I think that's extremely important. If you don't have fun at work, don't go. If you don't like what you do, don't do it. That was would probably be one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give anyone is please don't go just to work. Go to the happy place. Like where you work. Engage your employees. Meet some fun customers. Eat out at lunch. Eat in at lunch. Order a pizza. Make a market plan. Throw the market plan away doesn't matter but enjoy what you do <laughs> to me adam that's the most important thing might not have been what you wanted to hear no, but i think that's the that's most what we wanted thing. to hear you got you still have your big fish tank i do bigger it it hasn't gotten more bigger, exotic but it's beautiful. fish i know it is that's, that's beautiful a, i remember that was one of your your big desires to have a, a fish tank and all of a sudden one day there's this monstrous fish tank with all these great fish and so you still got it and it's growing and yes. it's wonderful okay yes. good good stuff so yeah, so you so you've learned a lot of stuff over the years, and I, I recall early on, you know, as Jack was alluding to in the last segment about how you you weren't this numbers person, but here you are now quoting all the stuff, and as you mentioned, things you look at your financials and cash for you know, cash flow forecasting. I remember we were probably a couple months in at that point, and it happened to be one of those nice winter weekends here in the Cleveland area where we got about two feet of snow from uh, Friday afternoon to Saturday, and. Uh, you and I were, were were scheduled to meet that Saturday morning at at, at a Panera Bread, and I heard Colin say, "Hey, you still want to meet?" You said, "Absolutely." I said, "Okay." So we both fought through a couple of feet of snow to get to that Panera Bread to sit down over spreadsheets to start to forecast out the cash forecasting. <laughs> and that that notice million, notice how my name wasn't mentioned for that meeting, but that's that's okay. Everybody that's knows a, that when spreadsheets come up, that's when Jack's brain turns off. Three in the morning phone calls. Adam Adam <laughs> thrives on both those. And it wasn't something that that that, that, that Lisa that, that that you liked either, but you knew, hey, this is something that, that I I've got to do. It was something that you, you knew, and you said, hey, if if you guys believe this is this is the thing that's going to help me get through this, then I'm going to take your guys' guidance and advice, and I'll take all full faith, and I'm going to learn this thing to make sure it helps me, you know, kind of get through. After three hours being at the Panera, we got that plan laid out pretty pretty well. 
which was a big piece of helping you to, to negotiate. It's, it's, it's really tough to negotiate when you're negotiating blind or, or to make promises you aren't sure you can keep. But having something like that in place where you can see, okay, I know what kind of cash I've got, and if I'm making promises to you, I plug that into my cash forecast, I know that I'm going to still have money to be able to pay you. I'm not making promises I'm not going to be able to keep. And to be able to know if I, can, if I make somebody an offer to be able to pay them off half what I owe them, then I know I can afford that. And then also it's, it's, it's be, able to, be able to get wiped out. So the grit and determination to kind of learn this stuff, because, again, it's not still not your favorite thing to, to, to do, but you understand, hey, to, in order to be a CEO, that's an important thing for me, for me to be able to understand. And to be able to, 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 to be able to talk about that. So to be able to present, you mentioned earlier, Lisa, to be able to present, whether it be to a bank or somebody else, if you present your numbers well, it's amazing. We've talked about that numerous times here on the show, that as, a, as an owner of a small company, if you can present your numbers well, you're automatically in the top 10% of companies in terms of what bankers see day to day. Because most folks have no clue. Again, they're saying, hey, well, you know, what do you want again? Okay, you want a P&L? Is this, is, is this, is this what you're looking for? Yeah, they aren't sure. And, they, and if they ask, they, they hope that they cross their fingers hoping that the banker doesn't ask them any questions about what's in those numbers either. Well, I'll talk to my CPA. Well, the banker doesn't talk to the CPA. The banker wants to talk to you. They're, they're betting on you and your ability to run the company, not, not, not the no, CPAs. You, you've you've you know, related great stories about bankers complimenting you and saying, you know, from a small business perspective, you're one of the best people to ever walk through our door. And that that reflects on us, too. That's why we love it and feel so good when you tell these stories, because you've come a long way. And how, you know, how, how much of a great feeling is that to have a banker tell you that? Because they don't, you know, they just don't see it. So here you are with all the numbers, all the support. And by God, what happens is you get the loans where the other guy doesn't. That is correct. So that's a big deal. It is correct. So what do you like about being a business owner now after your first decade of doing it? Ah, there's a pause. (laughs) I think for me, my favorite part, and maybe this is selfish, but it's the freedom. I love, love, love the freedom of being a business owner. I couldn't imagine a day where someone told me you have to be to work at 8 o'clock and you get off at 4 o'clock. I love being free and doing what I want to do and helping people when I want to help them. The other thing that I really like about being a small business owner or any size business owner is helping people. That's what I do. When people ask me what I do, I tell them I'm a life change coordinator. Nobody wants to move. They just want to get to the new place, whether that's a a baby, a marriage, a divorce, uh, a new art gallery, a new restaurant. They just, they want it done. And my favorite part is is helping them do that. So helping people. That's good. Freedom and helping. That's where a lot of the fun comes from and why you're you're enjoying it. A lot of satisfaction, definitely. I mean, uh, that's, that's good stuff, Lisa. That's a big driver we've talked about, too, with people. The idea of having your own thing and be able to put your stamp on it and kind of doing what you want to do. You're going to work hard no matter what, so you might as well do it in your own framework. Here's how I want to be able to kind of do it and be able to kind of shape that. You mentioned something a little earlier, too, I wanted to come back to real quick. And you mentioned something you know, during the break off uh, off the air. And, but you mentioned early on that, hey, you know, I took over for, for, for this business. I didn't have any college. And it's something that we hear a lot, and you know, it's something that Jack and I continue to harp on, how, how our society is totally making folks who don't have a college degree feel like second-class citizens. And most of the owners we know are, you know are much more educated about business than anybody coming out of school. Okay, But you had a little story about somebody that, 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 that you met, and I would like you to share that story when it comes to, to, to a college degree, if you wouldn't mind. I'd be happy to share it. I think it was a fantastic story. It was a fantastic moment in my life. I was out to lunch. I do a lot of networking. And I was out to lunch with a gentleman who's taught the master's program in business at Baldwin Wallace College. And while we were having lunch, we were talking about his students and his career and how successful he is and how successful all of his students are and this and that. And I was starting to feel kind of inadequate. So I started to ask him questions about myself. And I said, well, I didn't go to college. And, you know, what do you think of that? Do you think that maybe even though I had business coaches, perhaps I should still go to college? And the man completely stopped talking, looked right at me, and said, you've already been to college. You've been to the school of Adam and Jack. He said that my knowledge from what I learned from the business coaches 
far exceeded any of his students. And I can't tell you what that made me feel. I, it was amazing because I, I always felt like, a, like you said, a second-class citizen. And here he said, I learned more from you, you know, from Adam and Jack than I did perhaps if I had gone to college. So it was a really big monumental moment in my life. That's great. I even noticed your profile, the University of Adam and Jack. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think that's great. We asked, our, we asked our offering degrees in those things, and what happens is one of the things that Jack and I have become much better over the years, and fortunately, you know, you know, we, you know, we met you where the, where the one coach scared you away, you scared him away. We knew what we were looking for. And uh, I remember when we first met, you were, you were excited by the fact that I was wearing blue jeans, right? <laughs> Not a suit and tie. I mean, you know, if you see us in a suit and tie, usually it's because we're – uh, maybe it's because we're, we're we're being viewed. We don't want that to be happening anytime soon. But you know, just being comfortable in your own skin, but being able to be a very very good student. And so it's credit to you again. Not all of our clients have that success that, that you've had because they haven't been as good as students, maybe as you have. That's a big. And so deal. that's that, yeah. that's a very very big deal. So being coachable and that's that's something that you lose. You continue to want to learn and get better. And even though we haven't been coaching you for five years now, you still continue to get better and grow and do and do things. And so it's been a wonderful story to hear to hear. Um, we're glad you spent some time this, here this evening kind of sharing some of this stuff. And we only scratched the surface, folks. I mean, there's, there's wonderful stories out here. And Lisa is looking to, to, to speak as well. So if you'd like to have Lisa maybe speak at one of your events, she has lots of different stories to be able to kind of tell. You oh, can find yeah. her at, at yeah, com. You can find her there, Bria Moving and Storage. Wonderful, wonderful story. Thank you again, Lisa, for joining us uh, this evening on, on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Um, you can hear us every Wednesday from 7.30, 8.30 p.m. Eastern here uh, on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We look forward to having you having you join us next week. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us before then, you can give us a call, 877-849-0670. Email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or get us on the Twittersphere. We've got at MaximumVP. We've got at Jack M M V P and wow. at Adam Sonhalter. Lots and of if weird. all set fails, go to MaximumVP.com. <laughs> and look at the MVP playbook. You'll see the seven keys there we've talked about. So absolutely uh, no reason not to get hold of us. That's and right. Boy, you'll you'll never regret the day. All right, learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday, seven thirty p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT thirteen thirty a.m. one hundred one five FM, and online at wintradio.com.